Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, we're live, pal. Welcome to a what? A, I don't even know what day is. Wednesday edition of the A Side Live Chat. We're back to our normal day, as you can see. Angela Hill, UFC Strawweight, was supposed to be with us. She is, but she went to go grab a coffee right before we went live. So she's here. Uh, we had a little bit of technical issues before we went live, so apologies for the delay. But, but of course, as always, is my partner in crime Wednesday co-host Pete Carroll, Casey Lydon's here. I have a mustache. We have a lot to talk about, and Angela's back. Woo! Hey. Can you hear us, Angela? Hello. Yay! We are live. Woo! Right now. What are you writing a seven fight win streak now? <laughs> <laughs> six fight, six actually. Fight six, yeah. only six. <laughs> six yeah, man. Uh, it's it sucks because like the story would be so much different right now if if like uh, I mean I, I already thought I, I feel like I have about maybe three wins that should have gone the other way, and this is the most like high profile one so everyone saw it so that's good you know everyone saw what happened um maybe a little more people will actually remember (laughs) you know in a few years but as of right now it just sucks because i know like it's people are talking about it now but a few fights from now people are gonna go oh well she lost to gadalia and it's basically like the history is being rewritten so um so yeah it's it's a little frustrating dealing with that right now but at least uh at least i performed the way that i wanted to i I feel like i did everything that we wanted to do it was like almost a perfect fight perfect fight would have been like knocking her out obviously but almost a perfect fight perfect game plan executed i felt like so um so i'm proud of that and i feel like my future is is gonna go up from here so yeah well, I'm sure we're going to get into it with our questions, but as always, as everyone that watches this show knows, I'm Jose, that's PC, that's Casey. Angela is back in your home, right? You're not, yeah, you're, you're not in Florida anymore, right? No. <laughs> uh, I was in Florida no. for 10 days and I was losing my mind after five. I couldn't wait to get out of there. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. And, and it's just like, the, it's so humid. There's nothing really there where we were in uh, Jacksonville. No, it's just like it a really deserted was. city. Like uh, we were walking around and my coach kept saying, I feel like a zombie horde is going to come running at us at any point. Cause it's just like all the businesses are boarded up and stuff. And yeah, no one on the streets. Yeah. 
And everyone kept telling me about this beautiful Florida sun. It was pretty much overcast for eight of the ten, eight of the ten or eleven days I was there. So uh, no sun uh, was. Couldn't wait to get out of there. But of course, Pizzi, how have you been since last Wednesday I spoke to you? Oh, excellent, uh, <laughs> fantastic, um, great to see the fights back, and uh, yeah, lots of other things going on. So uh, yeah, amazing. Um, I just just a question because I found this the most disturbing part of the whole. Uh, Florida thing. I heard the restaurant on site was pretty shitty too, which broke my heart. I wanted, I wanted just to at least be able to go and have a luxurious meal. That really upset me when I heard this. Talking about uh, the, the restaurant, and the hotel. Yes. Um, so were- I, I don't, I didn't really uh, eat there that much. I, I did the trifecta meals. I mean, my my teammates, they were grubbing there. They had like pizza <laughs> every day. <laughs> I guess it was like a fancy school cafeteria or yeah. something. Yeah, there were but, uh, there were three. There was a marketplace, which was just Starbucks and like flatbread pizzas <laughs> and pre-made sandwiches. There was just a regular restaurant, which was incredibly average and everything was really heavily fried. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had a steakhouse where the cheapest steak was $55. So I know. wasn't going to try and eat there. So I saw a lot of fighters there. The only time I went in there, Tiago Alves kept trying to sneak in after – uh, it closed. Like one of the waitresses <laughs> came up to, I was sitting with Oscar and was like, who is that? And we were like, tell me I was UFC fighter. And she was going to let him go, just sit down and eat because he of who mm-hmm. he is and the manager threw him out. Oh, yeah, they <laughs> the were basically- playing. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, they were taking it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, they weren't playing. I was, I was pretty pissed because uh, right after my fight, I went down to that little marketplace and they had beer in the fridge to buy. So I'm like, oh, let me buy a beer. I haven't had a beer in like two two weeks. And um, and the lady wouldn't let me drink a beer. I was so mad. They they didn't serve alcohol after midnight. So yeah. by the time I got back to the hotel, it was midnight. And they were still open, like selling other stuff. But it's like a Florida thing or something. Florida law. Yeah, I thought they were all psychos out there. What the hell? Like, how are you going to close a bar at midnight in a fucking yeah. psycho bill? Huh? Yeah, exactly. That's that's when, why psychos are there, probably, because they don't <laughs> let them drink like normal people. <laughs> so it happens when you suppress a, a society, then they do weird shit like bath salts. This is white tigers. Yeah. Stop with the boy tigers. They just like, after midnight, there's no more beer. And they're like, fuck it. We need a Bengal up in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Florida was surprisingly a lot more tame after. Well, the first week I was there, I tried to. There's no Walgreens or CVS around us any either. There was nothing. There was no convenience stores. Um, yeah, yeah. I tried to find one, and I thought I found one. I told Casey this story, and it was inside of an ER, so I wasn't trying to walk through an ER to get to a Walgreens. <laughs> but walking back, I found a box of Bowie knives under an overpass. So I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm in Florida." <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. It was just a box of knives just like chilling on the side of the road. And they weren't like tiny kitchen knives. It was like a knife. Like a full on Like hunting. a knife. Full on <laughs> like hunting. Knife. Knife. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you get it? Did you take it? <laughs> I did not take the box of knives back to the fighter hotel. I did not. That would have gotten you through the ER into the Walgreens. <laughs> that's, that's true. Wasn't trying to risk that though. Um, but... Of course, we actually did the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) We walked to the hospital and we were like, ah, fuck, and walked back. (laughs) Yeah, it was a nice walk. There's a lot of bridges over there. Everyone kept telling me there were going to be a ton of bridges in Jacksonville and they were not lying. 
Yeah, yeah, lots of bridges. Did you walk over more than one? I walked over two, <laughs> and both of them I got stuck because they were drawbridges, and I had to wait both of them, and it just sounded. No way. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> keeps talking about other bridges. That's all. It's like a lot of bridges in Jacksonville. There were a lot of bridges. <laughs> I saw some dolphins one morning out in the water. That was probably the highlight of That's my week cool. outside of the fights. That's so cool. On that. But, of course, this is not our podcast. This is the listeners' <laughs> podcast. They have a lot of questions, I would imagine. You can use go on Twitter. Go on the site. You can submit your questions to Angela. And for whatever reason, you might have questions for me. I think Pizzi probably has some things he's going to get asked a lot about. But, Casey, what's our first question? Uh, we, keep getting at, we keep getting asked this one, so I gotta, I, I gotta, we got to answer it. Here it goes. From the Ice King, if you could change your arm into an ice cream cannon, what flavor would you load it with to feed the world? <laughs> Angela, I'll start with you. What flavor of ice cream are you loading? I'm assuming this is like a Mega Man type hand cannon. Uh, what flavor are you going with? <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this. I'll let you guys answer first. Oh, who, me? Yeah, yeah sure. Oh, oh, yeah. I was waiting for the answer. Oh, I already know. <laughs> Um, coffee wow. Heath Bar, coffee Heath Bar Crunch. That's a good choice, Pizzi. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you Americans and your fancy ice cream flavors. Yeah, right. I mean, we've got about five <laughs> flavors. So I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this uh, properly. Um, I don't want to speak too quickly and then have my quotes misconstrued for the media. <laughs> so I, I just I I personally like chocolate ice cream, but. Sure. A lot of people, they're like, God, oh, it's too heavy. Can't be having chocolate ice cream every time. So to feed the world, I think you got to go basic. You got to go vanilla because everyone be like, yes, we're hungry. But that I don't like chocolate. That is an incorrect answer. Casey, what's your <laughs> It's vanilla. It's vanilla, guys. Feed the world. A, a choc- uh, wait, for an ice cream, wait, is it an ice cream can? It, it shoots out ice cream? Or is it yes. made of you ice know cream? Who, you know who Mega Man is. It's, it's, <laughs> the, the, oh, Mega I'm, Man, I'm, okay. It's Wrong like Mega. a Mega Man hand cannon. Like a t-shirt gun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for ice cream. Ice shoots up. Keep in mind, since since he's not elaborating on this, I'm going to explain. This isn't a continuous stream like a flamethrower. This is like one shot is scoop. Oh. One shot. Like that changes everything. Wait I know. Yeah. It's, not, it's not soft serve, by the way, either. This is straight up dairy <laughs> ice cream like Bang, bang, bang! Not just a constant stream of sweetness. This is a nuanced question, really. Like, I mean, I we should take I know. half an I hour. For this I had one. a lot of thoughts on this, guys. I just want to let you guys get your thoughts in first. Oh man, like, I don't want. I, I have, I have ideas, but like, I don't want to commit to anything right now. I'm. I'm <laughs> I gotta, you save it for the end of the. Yeah, you got to think about this. This is like this is some serious shit, man. Yeah, I, th- I thought this whole this whole coronavirus is serious, but no, man, this is. This this ice cream cannon thing. That's okay. I, I don't have ice cream. I think you have to go with I'm the stumped. flavor. I think you have to go with the flavor with a lot of uh, what do you like a lot of things in the ice cream because if this is if this is for hunger and you get like Rocky Road or fish food or Cherry Garcia or chocolate fudge brownie, one scoop fills you up. Mm. One thing of vanilla, you need like five scoops to be satisfied. Yeah, but think about the allergens. Think about the allergens. That's not what you're thinking about. No, because the allergens are going to wipe – those allergens are going to wipe out the weak. If you can't handle (laughs) chocolate, then you can't live in this world. You can't eat nuts. You can't live in this world. It's only going to be like 3%. It's cool. Yeah. So so this is solving two things. We're getting rid of the people who can't enjoy good food, and we're also feeding the hunger by giving them less ice cream and more for us. 
That's the I'm correct answer. To think, I'm starting to think that you actually did take that box of knives with this kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I think you start throwing noise at people back in the hotel, Jose. That's, what I that's, me. that's me. You heard those fighters fell out. That was me throwing knives. Why can't it be vegan ice cream with Estrelin? Some of us can't have dairy. He's well, throwing <laughs> knives cream. Knives cream. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, Molly McCann air horn. Every time she would answer, she would ask for the air horn. Okay. So oh, go. nice. Okay, so this, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. So um, our next yeah. question, we, we've, we've got lots of lots of versions of this question, but I'm going to go with Suzanne from YouTube. Here we go. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> does Angela know Peachy is the most flexible man on the planet? No, I Angela, did not you're, know that. You're a new guest, so you have every, every new guest gets to experience this. So, oh, PT, man. the floor is – for those of you just listening, you know what's about to happen because everyone is – he's done this every episode pretty much. Oh, I've actually yeah. got a really bad hip at the moment, so I don't know if I can do it. That's a really good <laughs> excuse, PT. Hang on here. No stretching. Oh, oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't crazy. I wearing a new pair of sneakers. I have the same pair of sneakers <laughs> on every joint before. <laughs> So full story, oh, full, full story, Angela, UFC 246 meet. You've done media days a million times. UFC 246 media day was obviously the Conor McGregor fight week. So it was insanely crowded. We're waiting in line to interview Anthony Pettis and PT just walks up to me and goes, did you know I'm the most flexible person in this room? Like that, no prompt. Just that's how we started the conversation. And I said, huh? And then he laid down in the, on the floor in the middle of maybe 100 reporters and did that. Nice. And he Moving had a press pass. <laughs> yep. Did they snatch it from? Him? <laughs> like, can you point? Oh, can they point? Can you point on Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You'd be a great match for Conor McGregor. <laughs> I was on Stamford. Oh man, that's so funny. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Way to get your foot in the door. <laughs> Leg. All right, all right. That's um. Do you have any real questions? <laughs> what do you mean, real questions? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, easy one. Here we go. From Trumbo on the site, who does Angela want next? I scored it for Angie 2-1, and I feel like she came out the fight looking better with more momentum than Claudia. So who do you want next? A lot of matchups, Calvillo, Grasso, et cetera. So, Angela, this is a question for you, of course. Who do you want next coming off Um. Well, it's funny. The two girls he mentioned just moved up in weight <laughs> class. So, uh, so not them. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, anyone in the top 10, I'm looking to fight. Um, I feel like I already proved that I deserve a fighter in the top 10 after beating Claudia. Uh, I, I've, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with myself. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I feel, I feel almost invincible. I feel like um, I could have done more in that fight, but I was a little worried about the takedown. So after being able to get up and after being able to just kind of open up in the third round, I, I really feel like I landed a lot more in the third round than the second. So it's, 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 it's still like this thing that I'm just like trying to figure out in my head, like what I could do more. But I think if I, if I fought every round, like I fought the third, um, I, I dropped the, I would have dropped her more. I'll drop the next person more. I'll, I'll get closer to a takedown. So, um, so yeah, any one of those girls. I was, I was like reading off of the list. Uh, I think uh, people are like, oh, you're not calling out Suarez, but I think she's injured right now. So I don't mm -hmm. like to do that. 
but um but yeah any anyone in the top uh five uh top 10 i know andrade's here so i think that'd be a good rematch i know um uh claudia and gadelia are trying to fight each other uh i think carla's gonna be or claudia and <laughs> carla and gadelia yeah. <laughs> it's like same same yeah. but uh i know uh gadelia is probably gonna be out a little longer than carla might like so i'll fight carla if she wants i, I i'd obviously do a rematch too um watterson uh who else one of the new girls who broke into the top 10, I think uh, Zana and Yan, I, I fought yeah. her last year. That was the other fight where I felt like I got robbed. Like I'd, I'd rematch her as well. Or um, yeah, anyone, <laughs> anyone of them bitches, they can all get it. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. <laughs> and, and do you think, do you think like sometimes we see it where, you know, a lot of people are watching a fight and uh, the vast majority of people score it one way. So in this case for you, and you sometimes then see the UFC treat the fight, even though it's on the record as a loss, they treat it in the matching process as a win. Is are you, Have you got any kind of communication from the UFC that they might do it that way? I'm hoping so. Like I talked to Mick right afterwards and uh, I, I think you agreed with me. Like I should have gotten the nod. And, uh, you know, he was he was just torn up about it because of the story, the potential story, yeah. like me going on a four fight win streak and beating Claudia Gadelia and then like, you know, campaigning for a title shot after that. That's an awesome story. And yes. they kind of stole that from me. So, uh, you know, just just when it comes to being a matchmaker, like that's something you can't you don't get often. So I think he was just as upset about it as I, I was, even if it's just from like a, a selling the fight standpoint. But I think he's going to respect that. And uh try to get me in. Like I, I asked him what's up with next month. Is everything sealed up where you got spots? And he's like, I could probably get you in next month. So I'm like, wow. let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's go. And it's funny because before the fight, I was, I was definitely set on taking a little break afterwards, but you know, after, after that happened, I'm fired up. You know, I, I'm, I'm believing myself. I, I performed, uh, you know, to, I've performed perfectly. There's nothing that you know, I, I would have done differently, I think, except for maybe just throwing more. So I feel ready to go and and like um, motivated Angela is a dangerous one. So. So, yeah, he, he seems he seems willing to give me another shot at one of the top girls. Well, was that a conversation backstage with all these people? Because there's several split decisions. That's what that I was going to say. People people kind of feel like it went the wrong way. And this was a conversation. Yeah. Um, in the MMA community, while these cards were going down, and it's not even one night; it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of nights. I mean, was this a conversation that fighters were having afterwards? Like, well, this seems yeah. a bit weird. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I didn't. There wasn't one person, maybe like one or two people who, you know, didn't say you won the fight, but everyone else that I saw backstage, they said, great job, you won that fight. Great job, you won that fight. And that's like something that you don't just say to be nice, you know? Like you say it when you're kind of turned off by the decision and you want them to know like, hey, you're not crazy, like that was yours. So everyone said that to me backstage. Uh, I talked to uh, uh, Cheeto Vera and and we're talking and I'm like, and he's like, man, you won that fight. Congrats. I'm like, yeah, congrats to you too. And then he walks away and, and Adam's like, yeah, I can't believe they scored that for the other guy. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I watched the fight, but you know, I was warming up and stuff. So I didn't see the, whose hand they raised. I just watched the fight and I was just like, holy shit. Like, are you serious? And if I had realized that, then when they were, 
reading out the scores and they they said it was a split, I would have been a little more, a little less surprised when they called her name. But like, I, I didn't realize that the judges were fucking up all night. So, uh, so yeah, that's definitely something that we were all talking about afterwards. Like, yeah. man, we need, like some people are even uh, uh, saying like, we should we should all get together and um, and appeal it uh, just to just to get the conversation started because you know it's it's one thing to complain complain but if you don't do anything about it then it's just going to keep happening but uh, I know it wouldn't change the outcome of this fight or or any of the other fights that happened that night but maybe it would stop those judges from making bad decisions in the future so who knows who knows what the right thing to do is but we definitely talked and and <laughs> you know vented with with without beer which was <laughs> that's hard. bullshit yeah, yeah that's a bigger disgrace <laughs> yeah yeah it's like first you robbed me of my fight then you robbed me of my alcohol what the fuck <laughs> it's the worst night ever i'm never coming back to florida <laughs> barbosa i think Appealed and Florida <laughs> shut it down immediately because Bar- the Barbosa Ige fight was also very controversial. If you look online, I think it was like nine to one Barbosa, wow. but Ige got the nod. So we had two odd decisions in a row basically mm-hmm. leading to your fight. And then when it went to split decision, everyone in the media room was like, it's just one, it's, it's a weird night. But I think Barbosa yeah. got it shut, like his got shut down immediately, his appeal. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I, I got, that's I got Jose Young raining on that raining on that parade real quick. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I guess I won't waste my time then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll shut the fuck up about that. <laughs> I mean, a lot more people thought he got robbed and he didn't get shit, man. So uh, yeah, good yeah, luck, I Angela Hill. <laughs> Florida changed you, Jose. Florida messed with my head. Florida messed with my head. Well, I don't know if he was. I don't know if he was appealing <laughs> the decision, but I he might have been appealing to get his win purse. I don't know the exact uh, details. That's he, for, he was asking for his win bonus, so I don't know if it mm. was he wanted the decision overturned or just more money. I don't know the exact details. See, uh, I'd but, like I I w- I wouldn't even care about the win purse. I just want the win on my record. Like that's that's more of a. But now that it's already said and done, like. It, it, you always look like a sore loser if you go, hey, change that decision, no matter how valid uh, your point is. So, so yeah, it it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It's, it's just like you, you just have to, like, move on. And it's so hard to, uh, especially right now when it, like, just happened and there's nothing else uh, planned for the future yet. So, yeah. When they announced the winner as Claudia, because there was no crowd there, I th- I swear I heard you scream like what the fuck, <laughs> so, I mean, like, like, like you just like I, I couldn't tell you just mad. I just like, wait. Do you know? Do you remember that? Do you remember that exact moment when they said Claudia? Like you said something and it was just like yeah. I, I, <laughs> I said fuck that. Yeah, I, said, fuck that. <laughs> I said fuck that. I I said it like maybe five times and I didn't know what to do. I was just pacing back and forth. I was like, what what do I fucking do right now? And then I stormed out of the cage. I, I looked left and right because I was trying to see the fucking judges' faces, and I'm like, "Where the fuck are the judges?" Like, I, and like they're like shoving me down that corridor, you know. So I'm not like running around in this empty arena, screaming at people and throwing things. But like, yeah, like everything I saw in front of me as they're pushing me out, I wanted to just grab and like fucking throw it 
was I was so pissed. But yeah, like this this is the first time I've ever been that angry after a decision because it the fight was a big deal, you know, it was a really big deal for me. And it's it's the first time I had a streak going. Um the first person in my streak with a number by their name. So it's, it was just a really big deal. And I know people are like, oh, well, you lost so much already. Why does this matter? All those losses are in the past. And this was my uh, kind of uh, resurgence as just like a dominant fighter. And I feel like that that now it's uh, they're almost trying to change what I did. Like I I did something great and, and the judges are changing that narrative and fucking Dana's changing that narrative, uh, you know, by saying that he agrees with them. And it, it all just, uh, it all just made me angry, you know, for, for like five minutes while I'm waiting for the judges to tally up the, their little scores. They probably had a calculator for it cause it's fucking stupid. But, uh, <laughs> while I'm waiting like five minutes for the judges to tally up everything, um, I'm just like, man, I, I just whipped Claudia Cadelli's ass. Like everyone saw that co-main event. This is the biggest fight of my career. This is the biggest platform of my career. And I showed out. I did what I was supposed to do. I dropped her. I fucked her up in the third. Like I, I survived the storm in the first. Like I did everything right. And and they took that from me. And I, and I was so surprised, like so, so surprised. And maybe if I watched uh, the the song and dong call and the and the Ige call or whatever. I didn't see that fight yet. But uh but yeah that was that was the other one that everyone's uh, lumping me in with was like, you know, should have gotten the win. And even the Elkins fight, uh I thought, people mm-hmm. are saying I thought, that, I thought you know, Elkins won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he was he was, was he close. gets cut like crazy. So I don't that's that one was less surprising, mm-hmm. you know, but but he did, you know, put in the work for a win, I thought. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it just sucks that, uh, I don't even remember what I was talking about, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I was just bringing up bad sucks. memories. That's all I was doing. I was like, Hey, remember that really Thanks shitty moment? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like going to lay down and just <laughs> have a therapy session this, right now. <laughs> this is the worst, yeah, worst therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Boy. Well, I'm sure we're going to get a lot more questions on this. Casey, do we have another question from our fans? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot of support, Probably a lot, a lot of, of support for Angela. How, how does this, mm-hmm. Angela, like, I mean, I followed you, I've been, I've been, I feel like I've been with your career pretty much since the beginning. Um, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, at least, I know you didn't get the win, but how does the, the fan support feel? Because, I mean, I, we don't need to focus too much on the past, but man, you got lots of shit on, you got, you got shit on a lot back in the day. I mean, yeah. and but like, is this is, is this just a fair weather fan thing, or do you think this is I don't know? Like, what do you, how do you, how does the fandom feel with you right now? It's 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 weird. Like, it's cool. I I feel like um, I feel like a lot of people were kind of, like I said to you the other day, kind of in the closet, Angela Hill fans. <laughs> And uh, now that I'm winning, <laughs> they feel more comfortable telling everyone about it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I think that obviously people like winners. People people saw that I was on a streak. They saw how good I was, and they got behind me. And it's it's not something that happened overnight. Like I've been working towards this for a really long time, nonstop. 
in the last uh, in the last five years, which is you know more more than a lot of girls. A lot of girls take big breaks. A lot of girls don't fight more than once a year, maybe twice if it's a busy year for them. But I've just been consistent, and now it's finally paying off. So so it's kind of like those stupid uh, uh, success. Uh, inspirational uh, drawings where it's like the guy's like mining and mining for the gold and then he quits right before he like breaks into the treasure trove or whatever like that's that's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now and this this is that last little like bit of dirt I have to break through you know the getting robbed like that like this this is the last bit of dirt that I have to break through to like get the gold and I'm right there and I think a lot of people see that and they they kind of vibe with that story because like, I think everyone's been beaten down in the last like couple of years. Like people <laughs> every year, everyone's like, Oh, this is going to be a better year. And then halfway through the year, they're like, this year fucking sucks, you know? And and I think everyone's kind of on the same page where you're, you're trying, trying, trying so hard to just make something of yourself. And it feels like the entire universe is against you. So I think uh, people are, are kind of vibing with the fact that I haven't given up and I'm still becoming a better fighter. And you can see that uh, the potential is there. You can see that I can be a champion one day. And uh, that streak kind of proved it and got a lot of people to just get behind me and, and root for me. And then after the Gedalia fight, I felt like that was like a really big indicator that, that I'm, I'm going to be on top soon. So, so yeah, I, I like the same fan support. I think they've, they're just finally seeing me for the awesome person that I am. Uh, and it's great. You know, that's all, that's what I always wanted. I feel like I never got really pushed. Uh, I never, uh, no one really ever focused on my, what I do. And, uh, and now that I have some wins under my belt and now that people are seeing me, then, then uh, I feel like all that's going to change. Do you wish you knew the scores? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's me. You have a little afro on it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hang in there, Inch. <laughs> Do you wish you knew the scores between rounds? Uh, this is like I feel like this has been a conversation since the Jones Reyes card, where it's just been yeah. every card has had a weird at least one or two decisions uh, since February, and Invicta tried it, but there were no real close split decision controversial fights on that night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you wish you knew the scores between each round? For sure, I don't think it would have helped me with this one because uh, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty clear. Like I, I got the she got the first and I got the second. And the third round was the one where I wouldn't have right. seen the score until it was over anyway. But, um, general, but yeah. I, I think in general, yeah, like, uh, like uh, the other two fights, um, I don't remember which ones. I think the Courtney Casey one, one person gave her like a 30-27. And if I had known that going into the third round, maybe I would have mm-hmm. tried for something a little crazier, you know, like gone for crazy takedowns over and over again, just throwing like heat with every punch as opposed to trying to pick my shots and and just be a better fighter and uh and people always say uh you should have finished the fight but it's not it's not something that you can just do like (laughs) you could just do it everyone would be fucking uh fucking anderson silva you know like it's it's not a thing that you can just do it's not that easy um and it's not like you're not trying and uh 
And yeah, you might try a little harder if you know you're down to when you thought you weren't. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that would, it would just change your game plan a bit. Like instead of, instead of trying to win the round, I think when a fighter has gotten their ass kicked for two rounds and they know they need a finish, they, they go for it, you know, and that would be the same if, you know, maybe it's a back and forth fight, but you know, you need to finish because your coach just told you you're down to, I don't know why, but you're down to so fucking killer. And then you go in there and you kill her. But like, I'm, I have a coach that will say that to me every fight, you know, <laughs> like, like we need this round, <laughs> you know, every third round, he always <laughs> says that to me, we need this round. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think having that little extra motivation would definitely help. And at least you'd understand the decision before your name was called, um, yeah, it, it would take the surprise out of it. I think most most of my weird decision fights, I didn't know which round I lost. And it and uh, nowadays I can get a hold of the scorecards. Like uh, I I was able to uh, grab the scorecard for this one. Um, but uh, but you know it would it would definitely help for sure. Okay, Andre, I know you're super honest, and this is the big critique that people don't like about open scoring, and I think it's bullshit, but. If say you're up two rounds and you find out you're up two rounds, are you going to coast that third round? Because that's the big critique. He's like, well, if you're up, then why are you going to fight hard in that third round? So, yeah. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay that out for you. Well, I mean, you can coast as much as you can, but what about the person who just told they're down th- two rounds? You know, like they're not going to let you coast unless they can't, you know, and then you, you win the fight. I don't think I like I wouldn't coast. I I know for a fact I'm the type of fighter that wouldn't coast. Someone like Carla, someone like Ooh. Michelle Watterson, Ooh. you saw those fights like they coasted. Ooh. They coasted and it cost them. They both had 30-27s. That's a weird thing mm-hmm. to happen, but you know, that's what coasting does. So um so yeah, I I think it it depends on the fighter, but if you're fighting uh and you're down, uh that's that's going to be kind of the balance. You know, you'll have one fighter coasting, but then you'll have another fighter pushing the pace and they, that could lose them the round that could get them caught. Uh, so if that's what they decide to do, I think it would it wouldn't make for a non exciting fight. I think it would just um, it would kind of show you how a fighter deals with that information. But the fight's still going to be exciting. You know, like it, any fighter who knows they're down to they they go for it. Would that, would, would that give you some uh, almost a bit of a freedom when you're fighting? If you if everyone knows you're down two rounds, you know you're down two rounds, and that third round decision or a finish, you get finished yourself if you're down two rounds. Would it give you a sort of freedom to fight just any way you want to? That that third round, you think, with open scoring like that? I think so. Like it, at that point, um, I don't know. It, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think when I knew I was down to. I think when I fought in draw, that was one fight I knew I was down to, and I just went for it. And I think that was our, our most exciting round, or either that or the round before that. I don't remember which <laughs> round we did the weird punch thing. It was just like ah, <laughs> then I threw a leg kick for some reason. But uh, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think yeah, it, it 
you definitely go out there and you just throw everything you you can at them if you know you're down down to and that's what I've done in the past I think anyone would do that that's if I'm cornering someone and I know they're down to I'm like you gotta fucking bring it and then they they do they do their best to and it's an exciting fight and people always remember the last round anyway so it's like even if even if you're down two and you lose people are still gonna go that person's fucking G so yeah I think it's a win-win and I think it also puts out the judges' names, because you'll have the judge name by the score, and you'll see, like, oh, this judge is dumb as shit. This judge can't see anything because they've just scored that round for that person. How did they score that? So I think having some visibility, the same way you hold the refs accountable for the calls that they make, the judges need to be held accountable, too. We don't even see the judges before we fight, and we don't see them afterwards. So I don't know what this person is coming in, what biases they have towards me or towards, like, you know, the other person that I'm fighting or or anything like that, what what background they're from, if they if they don't score leg kicks like some of the judges out there. You know, like, it, you never know what you're, what you're dealing with with these judges. So I think having the open scoring is going to make them more visible and make them be held more accountable for their decisions. In short, speaking of, you better better finish your fight next time. I'm getting eight, ten rounds for the rest of my career. (laughs) (laughs) From Clev21 on the site, I had a two-one for Angie as well. We all have our ideas about MMA judging, but I want to know. Angie's thoughts as a fighter, what can slash should be done to fix whatever she sees exist as a follow-up? Isn't it time fighters forced these managers that they employed to get them to contracts mm-hmm. that aren't dependent on a win bonus? I've heard Angie's thoughts on bad judging impacting her pay, and that is just plain wrong. Mm. Lots um, unpack. What was that? This is lots to unpack in this question. Yeah, lots to unpack. Um, yeah, it's it, Changing the system is such a crazy uh, thing to accomplish. Uh, I think some promotions don't do win bonuses like PFL. I think uh, they they just you show up, you get a purse. Um, and if you win, you advance to the next level as opposed to winning and getting extra money. Um, so I think I think uh, you'll see that change when you see when you see pro, uh, promotions like that become more popular and uh yeah i don't know like i i i i'm i kind of like and don't like the win bonus i feel like if they got rid of it then the the show money would just be less but at the same time um you know, you, you don't have to bank on winning. Like if I, I'm, I'm trying to buy a house right now. So, so going into that fight, I'm like, okay, I'm going to win. I'm going to get a hundred grand, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be set to put down my deposit. That's not even going to take, come out of my savings. And then, you know, suddenly I have half of that. So it, it's not affecting me right now, but for Hello, someone, Angela. My name is Eduardo Oh, hello. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, wrong button. <laughs> I know you're saying something very important. My bad. <laughs> I just, like, just, just ruined the moment. <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me, me like a year ago, like, uh, or two years ago, I'm banking on that win bonus to make rent, to pay bills, to, to make sure, um, you know, I can survive until the next fight. 
And if I don't get the win bonus, then it sucks, you know. So, so it's a uh, it's better for budgeting. I feel like if if it was just a show purse, and um, you know, once you get to that higher level, I think uh, a lot of the a lot of the um, you know higher paid guys in the UFC are just getting show money. So it does happen, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not the more popular approach right now. And uh, it, it is what it is. Like uh, I, there's. I think there's pros and cons to, to having a, a show and win. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the judging thing, I think open judging would, would be a great way to, to solve that judging issue just because I know there are good judges out there. I know there are judges that have hit me up and said, you won that fight, you know? So, so it's a matter of getting the right people in there, you know, like you go to any profession and, there's going to be people who are shit at it and people who are actually good at it and know what they're doing. And, uh, and, and when it comes to MMA judges, you have them all sitting side by side judging fights and that shouldn't be the case. Like someone should do badly and get fired. Just like how, you know, UFC has fired refs before not allowed them to come in, uh, to their fights. They should be able to do the same with the judges. Did I get everything? Well that is everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> <I'm worried. laughs> uh, from Mike L. Wood 7 on Twitter. Well, the thought oh, of. Don't, don't, worry about, <laughs> don't worry about that part. Go to the question. Yeah. Yeah. Does Angela get anxiety before a fight on the on the ring walk when Bruce Buffer is calling her name? Has being, and then and the second question, has being so a- active helped taper this or just in general experience? Hashtag the A side, hashtag free pizza. <laughs> free pizza <laughs> wait are you stuck <laughs> uh, it would seem so <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> um yeah uh do i get anxiety um yes uh everyone does Every everyone's anxious before they go out there and um i, I don't think i seem nervous but i definitely am you know i get i get the heart pings i get uh anxious excited nervous scared all those things happen before you walk out and i just try to i just try to block it out of my head by thinking i'm about to murder someone you know and like obviously i don't want to do murder them literally but that's like my thought like i have to go to this switch like it's time to kill time to murder this bitch like time to get in there and punch in the face like we'll do we'll do like a bunch of warm-up backstage to and and it just kind of gets you more and more in that kill zone to the point where like you're almost like hurting your training partners. <laughs> They're like, God damn, Angie, calm down. You're not fighting yet. <laughs> they can't hit you back because you're about to walk out stage and you're like, boom. <laughs> but uh but yeah. Like, damn, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, damn, I'm good. I didn't get hit once. <laughs> Poor Wilson. He's like the nicest person ever. <laughs> Trying not to like punch me in the face. <laughs> but um but yeah, so you, you get all get amped up, like your corner's there, like, you know, telling you what you need to do. You walk out there, they call your name, like all that's nerve wracking. But the more I do it, like that was, I think, shit, it's, that was like my 14th, maybe 13th, 14th fight in the UFC. Um, so the more you do it, the more it's, it's routine. It's, it's just like this thing that you're, you're about to do time to time to put on a little performance. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's nerve wracking, but once I'm in there, I think, uh, I think once 
we're both in the cage, that's when the anxiety kind of fades away. I just stare at them. Like I stare at the person across from me and I just get ready. Like, okay, this is, this is my target. And I just kind of lock in on them. And, and at that point, I don't even really like notice what's going on. Like I hear Bruce, but I'm not really like thinking about him or thinking about the camera in my face. I'm just trying to get a good view of her and, and just accept the fact that, all right, we're about to fight. So, yeah. How was the um, how was the anxiety different or worse or less because um, no crowd? You had your own locker room. You didn't share locker rooms with other fighters, right? This time, or is the, or um, we we had like one other person in there. Yeah, so that's very different. Uh, so, than, than, that's very different from usual, right? For for people, yeah, at home, usually it's like yeah, usually people. it's like three or four yeah. camps in there at the same time. So uh, we had one person in there like when we just first arrived, and then like they. It was like one of the guys on the prelim cards, I think. So once he left and we had the room to ourselves and um, and uh, going out, walking out it like for for like maybe a millisecond. It was weird because I stepped out and they have you stand in the corridor before you start walking. And that's usually where the fans are like hanging over the uh, hanging over the seats and like kind of trying to get like eye contact and like wave at you and stuff. So, uh, so that was the moment where I was like, Oh shit, there's no one there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And that's like the right before they like put the camera on you and say, start walking. So once that happened, like once the start walking part happens, then, then you zone out. You don't, you don't think about it. Like I'm already when when I fight and there's a crowd, I'm trying to block those people out anyway because I'm I'm focused on like, all right, here we go. So I'm not like, you know, hey, <laughs> not as much. Sometimes I do. I guess it depends on the mood. But uh, this time it didn't really make a difference. You know, it was just like, uh, yeah, it was it felt like a normal fight up until the end, up until like the very end where like I'm raising my hand and I'm looking around like, oh, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> I keep my hands up anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. I didn't mind it at all. Cool. I tell you what, being Octagon side, I loved it a lot more with no fans. Oh, I, yeah, right. I, I appreciate everything. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for you to go woo at some point. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not going to do that. But I saw the two main event at 249 was. I can't even explain what it was watching that oh, Octagon man. Yeah, Tony Ferguson talked. Tony Ferguson talked so much the oh, entire yeah. fight. Like even between between rounds, he was yelling at Herb Dean because he didn't need sixty seconds. He just wanted to just go. He didn't want rounds. Wow. He's like, no rounds. Let's just go. I was like, fuck this guy. What the fuck? He's yeah. nuts. <laughs> and I, I heard love that so. Guy. You know how they're. Like I was behind Tony's corner during the fight, but then when they go into the corners, I was behind Justin's corner between rounds. So mm-hmm. I could hear everything Trevor Whitman said. Mm-hmm. That I think if you're just looking at coaches, hearing Tony's corner during the fight and hearing Whitman between rounds, after the first round, I was like, Gaethje's probably going to win this because Trevor Whitman is out coaching Tony Ferguson's yeah, corner. Yeah. What was uh, Ferguson's corner saying? Uh, they were like, saying kind of things? things like more sand or like quicksand or like uh, <laughs> left and right, left and right. And like, just like, I'm sure Tony knows what that means. Yeah. But like Whitman was saying like, when he goes left, like come up with an overhand right and then coming with like actual Game yeah, like actual instructions. Like, and then between going into the fifth round, where the fourth round, Tony got beat on the feet pretty handily. 
So one rep, one cornerman is allowed to go into the octagon, obviously. So who does Tony's corner send in after Tony loses the stand up fight? Eddie Bravo. No. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. Like, did, did you read the quotes tell- on that from what Eddie said about that? Yeah, fair play to him. I thought he was very honest. Yeah, yeah he, he, he very said honest. he owned he's like, it. I have been there. He, yeah. he's like, what did I he say? Been uh, he said I should. Long story. There. Long story short, he, he fucked up. It shouldn't have been Aww. him. Yeah, he just. He said actually, he said that the fact that there was no crowd. Actually, just he said it just threw him off the entire match because you know. Really. Just because you know because that's what actually you kind of throughout the fight week. Um, you probably noticed this, um, Jose. Coaches weren't yelling as quite as loud. Because you know, mm-hmm. they, didn't really, they didn't have to, especially in between rounds. Because in between rounds, you're usually like, "Come on, Angela!" You know, you're yelling, but now, but they can't because the other guy, can, the other opponent can hear you. So now they're now it's very like, "All right, I need you to," you know. It was, so it just things change, and kind of Eddie kind of said he kind of <coughs> didn't he adjust. Pro, yeah, froze basically. That was that was yeah. exactly froze. Well, I I thought like I mean the fact that he didn't expect to be in there given the pep talks. I thought that was a bit crazy that they sent him in. You know, yeah. he said he was standing outside and someone was like, go in there. And he was like, well, this wasn't part of the plan. And now he's huh. stuck in the last round of the fight trying to give Tony Ferguson advice to basically turn around the whole goddamn thing. I think I don't I don't specifically blame him at all. I saw a lot of people giving him shit about the Imanari call and all. But I mean, it's a scary situation for him as well. Like, I mean, he, yeah, I, 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 you know, I kind of uh, sympathize with him, to be honest. And it's worked before for him to just like break up the rhythm of his opponents and stuff. Like he's good at it. So like, yeah, I want to give him shit for that. I think, uh, yeah, being in a tough situation like that, like uh, you saw with like um, uh, the other main event. um, Lover and um, Anthony Smith. Yeah, Anthony Smith. um, Yeah, you never, it's hard for the coaches to suddenly be under that same microscope that the fighters are under. And just because you can hear everything they're saying, you can hear their calls and and it's like really clear because there's no no uh, crowd or whatever, then suddenly they're they're being judged and mm-hmm. you don't know what relationship the fighters have. Like even even when when I felt like it should have been stopped the that that fight. Uh, you don't know the relationship that he has with his coaches. He, they might have seen him break before in the gym yeah. and then come back suddenly or just get that second win. And uh, and it's a lot on the line being main event and, and getting a big win is a lot on the line. Um, so, yeah, that, it sucks. But that's really cool. Like, I, I would have loved to be there as well for that main event. Like, like the like before, I can't remember which round it was. It was. Like Justin Gaethje was just like really excited just about the fight. After and the he first, was like, right? He was oh, like yeah. looking after around he got and dropped like dropped with the uppercut. He got yelled at. What well, was that? Was that really after the uppercut? So, there were there were two <laughs> oh moments. God. Like a there were bad two moments dog. I heard. The one he got dropped, uh, and then he sat down. Um, and then that's when Tony was like, "He's sucking wind. I don't need sixty seconds." And Tony Ferguson won't sit on the stool. He's like pacing. He's like, "Let's go, let's go on this." Uh, there was a moment where Gagey like went back and was just like hyped. Like he was like, "I love this fight, this and that." And Whitman was like, "Look at me." And then like, and he like locked down. He's like, "The last time you did this, you got knocked out." And then Gagey was like, "Happened twice." And he goes, "Exactly." So like, <laughs> yeah. I heard all of that. I heard all of that, and I was like, "This is." Like it's it's fascinating to watch Whitman talk, and then he got hurt again. And I think but going to three and four or four and five, and uh, Whitman was there was the at the end when Gage put his hands down and Tony hit him like a combination. 
Whitman just came in hot. He was like screaming at Justin Gaethje for putting his hands yeah. down. And Gaethje just was like, sorry, coach, and just like walks back to his corner <laughs> with his head down. So it was, I, it was the most fascinating fight I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> Bad dog. <laughs> All right, we got, Pretty fun. Okay, um, we got yeah. some video questions, so we're going to roll a video question here. Hold on one moment. Hello, Angela. My name is Eduardo Arinho. You're beautiful, Ed. Hello, Angela. My name is Eduardo Arinho de la Rubia, and I'm asking mm. you this question from the Bay Area. Angela, Tasty. it's a pretty well-known fact that you are the granddaughter of one of the most famous couples in the history of UFO abductions. Of course, I mean, Betty and Barney Hill. They were the first couple who was basically abducted by aliens. It was the first widely publicized report of an alien abduction in the U.S. Recently, the U.S. Navy released some declassified footage of UFOs. The footage was captured by pilots. It shows mysterious wingless aircraft traveling at hypersonic speeds with no means of propulsion. I believe it's reasonable to believe that these UFOs are coming here to check up on you, make sure you're doing okay, ask you for some <laughs> advice. So I have two questions. One, if they show up at your door, name you humanity's champion, and ask you to explain to them why humanity deserves their future tech. What are your three favorite things that you would share with them to prove to them that humanity deserves an opportunity to join the greater community of life in the stars? Question number two. If they come to you asking for the best 30-minute workout they can do while under Earth's gravity, you know, their skinny little arms and legs are kind of embarrassing them. They want to look beefy. What would you tell them? Thank you for your time. You're awesome. What? I feel like he asked the second question for me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So two questions. Ed wants to know if aliens show up at your door and you have to convince them that Earth should live. What are three things you tell? Like, what are three things you bring up to convince aliens not to destroy the world? Oh, man. That's so difficult. <laughs> There's so much to not bring up. <laughs> Don't bring up the judgment. Don't. Oh, man. Um... <laughs> Oh man! I know that, that's, that's, a lot to, that's a lot to unpack, Angela. This is so hard. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> like I got all these new fans, I can't say too much. <laughs> uh, let's see. I would show them. Give them some know. crystals. Yeah, give them some crystals. Maybe some good, some, some good some music. Crystals. Maybe to listen to. Give them a good, uh, a good. Uh, bottle of whiskey um maybe play some video games uh yeah playstation 5 has some pretty impressive demos out right now (laughs) show them that (laughs) like look we're almost there soon we're gonna be building ufos Uh, yeah, I don't know that's a tough one I would show him the ufc (laughs) <laughs> the fact that they were able to overcome a pandemic and whip COVID's ass and choke out the virus. <laughs> I would show them how great we did and, you know, how awesome the fights were. That's what I'd show them. <laughs> what was I don't think. And then they blow us up. <laughs> show them you would show them Casey's mustache. Is that what you yeah. said? Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Come on, guys. Casey's mustache. And what was the it's second part? Was the, if the aliens need to bulk up, do you have do you have a workout routine for them? You know, because a little scrawny yeah. alien arms. Scrawny alien <laughs> arms. Okay. 
So uh, if, if you uh, ever seen any photos of me before I started training, I had scrawny alien arms too. I used to uh, I used to call myself skinny fat because I like had like long skinny arms and I had like a little like ET belly. So <laughs> so I can help them out. So the I would say uh, just something something really simple like. Uh, we could do like bicycles. Like these, these are exercises I couldn't do before I started fighting. I couldn't do a push up. Uh, so just working on uh, push ups, especially uh, grasshopper push ups, is what my coach would call them, where you like you you put your weight on your first two knuckles and keep your elbows in. Do like push ups like that. That like increases your put punch power. Gets your arms looking all nice. And then uh, bicycle crunches. Um, I couldn't do that when I was a fighter. I had no ab muscles at all. Or before I was a fighter, I had no ab muscles at all. So like bicycle crunches um, and uh, running, running, running. I'll get them legs in shape. That was a lame workout. I don't know. <laughs> 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 just use your, just tell, I just tell them to use their mind and like <laughs> <You're alien. laughs> destroy everyone with muscles. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That was a weird question. <laughs> Ed, Ed never fails. Ed, does, Ed doesn't uh, mess around when it comes to video questions. He always puts us on the spot. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Ed, Ed, Ed loves the your your family's history, Angela. Like, that, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Like, like he like when he told me about it a couple months ago. I'm like, I did not know that. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that? That's mm-hmm. so did funny. You, I don't. Did you, I didn't did you know that, Pizzi? Is this for real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that's incredible! I thought this was something about inside joke. I wasn't privy to that. Oh, yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll send you I'll, after the show. I'll send you, um, Angela. You were on some sort of podcast a few years back, and you talked about you oh. talked about it. We, we, me, and my other, me, and my other non MMA friends. That's a, that, that's that's actually we were way more interested in you about Angela. That the fighting things, whatever. <laughs> like oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fighting's cool. Okay. Anyone yeah. can do that. <laughs> Only thing. a few people can get abducted. <laughs> 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 all right because yeah. um, we're running out of time um we have one more video question and this actually is going to be pertaining to you so hello angela my name is eduardo Ari- pizzi bro we miss you already. Um, the A-side live chat will not be the same without you. Um, but, uh, looking forward to the next adventure, man, and we're all behind you, rooting for you. So I'm thinking my question today is after the last dance just finished and it's been hyping up American sports fans and uh, even fans over this side of the Atlantic, I was wondering if in like 10, 15 years, there was a very specific MMA documentary that followed one through line sort of story in MMA, what would that story be? I feel like I want you to flex, man, because you've been on lots of podcasts when you're talking about Connor fights. And the obvious answer is some sort of Connor either fight or stretch or run of fights, probably his ascent. And uh, you could speak to that a lot. If you were the executive producer of that, how would you um, design that documentary? What would it look like from your point of view? If you were narrating it, give us the intro. Um, We need you on the MMA scene for as long as there is a scene, man. Take care. Thanks very much, question. man. Isn't there? Isn't the notorious documentary pretty much is a sense already, Pizzi? Yeah, I guess that was um, 
that was his ascent, yeah. But I think one of the most interesting things, and I know Ariel's talked about this for a long time as well, is is the Dosanio's switch out for Nate Diaz situation. Mm-hmm. I think it's an incredibly important moment for just uh, fighters kind of knowing their worth and kind of working together without being on the same team. As in, you know, after the fact then uh, for the rematch, they were both sitting out making sure. It almost felt like they were working together to get a better deal for themselves. But I guess you couldn't... Um, you couldn't really make a documentary out of that until the trilogy happens, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that that would be probably the one um, I'd go for. Whether Connor would want me to be narrating a documentary about him is a very different story. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's probably. I think that will be a great thirty for thirty documentary someday. And to be honest, this whole um, situation with the coronavirus and and uh, the UFC coming back being the first sport, I think that's a hundred percent going to be a documentary someday it's an incredible moment like i mean that's what was really hitting me uh most about that whole situation it became way bigger than mma it became way bigger than sport when donald trump is showing up at the start of a broadcast you know what i mean that was like what the fuck like i didn't know it you know what i mean i was like what is going on um it's huge it was a huge huge We're moment the same way don't worry yeah i think that will be a documentary and this fight oil and crack that's going to be that's going to be part two, I guess. That's going to be a series. Um, yeah, I think they would be two very good documentaries. And thanks very much for the kind words. Yeah, and the, the media was joking about it after the fact that it was me, Oscar Willis of the Mac Life, and John Morgan of MMA Junkie were pretty much the ones in the media. And then like Schmo and Helen, you were there too. Um, like We're like, in 15 years, we're all going to just have to be on a documentary. Like we're gonna get, we're gonna have like a sit down thing for something about this because we're five people that we're the only five people that can explain what the fight week was like from that perspective. Oh, but yeah. the only part I'm like you, Angela, you, Angela, what was it like? You'd be like those fucking judges. <laughs> Jose's gonna be like, I saw a bunch of Bowie knives. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Those great like. If I could sum up fight week: fighting, bridges, and Bowie knives. That's the, three, yeah. the holy trinity. <laughs> Okay. Oh um, man. Where the Any hour? more questions? Well, we got we got a lot of questions, but I mean, Angela, got one more. how much time you got, Angela? He, he got, I got time. All right, let's go one more question. Yeah. We'll go over. Yeah. We started a little late, so we can go a little late. Uh, hold on, me. Ooh, yeah. Uh. Hold nah. on. Anxiety. Word. Hey, can um. Get some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> More coffee? Oh, God. Angela, do you have your little servant at home getting you coffee? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to put him out there. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't come to the right temperature, can you just like throw it in his face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine that's what Esther does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pours it. In, she she pours it in his hat and then puts the hat on his head. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually, I actually messaged Esther while we were doing this. I was like, Esther, can you please grab me some coffee? I'm busy. I, can't. Oh. I was like, please. <laughs> so cute. And she, and she brought my phone over here and charges it for me while you weren't looking. Aww. She's so sweet. Aww. <laughs> she's the best. She is, she's the best. You're lucky, man. I know. <laughs> the goat. <laughs> All right, all right. Did you get your coffee, Angela? Are we good? Uh, yes, it's on its way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me move on. Uh, oh, you know, I like this question. Favorite female Muay Thai fighters, hashtag the A-side, from Susanna Fights, longtime commenter. I assume this is for Angela. Cool. What, who's your favorite female Muay Thai fighter? 
Miriam Nakamoto. Ooh. She's fucking dope. She's she's like she's so sick. She throws like tons of elbows when she fights and she kind of has like this swagger about her like like the Diaz brothers like that type of swagger just like you know fighting his life for her so she she's always been like a big inspiration for me that is awesome. have you, have you, when was the last time you got the chance to talk to her after her or she's kind of recovering now from her knee surgeries and um she's up in yeah. Vegas training have you talked to her recently or do you have, have I, do you know I, her in general do you know her have you talked I don't. I've, I met her once oh, okay. uh, at one of the fights, and we we stay in touch like a uh, little messages here and there. So we're we we converse, but okay. uh, but yeah, she's she's just like a huge inspiration for me. And to see her like go through um, you know all the surgeries and uh, start working towards getting back to competing, like uh, I don't know. I've always been self conscious about my age when I started. Like I started at twenty four. And I know a lot of people started when they were like teenagers or whatever. So once I started actually taking fighting seriously, I was like, man, it's, it sucks. I'm almost 30. And like, I just started this, like it, and I would be really self-conscious about it. But, but like Miriam Nakamoto, she's, she was killing it. She was about my age, I think before she had uh, her knee blowout um, in that Invicta fight. So just seeing her journey and like seeing her like, get on that road to recovery because she was whooping ass before that happened um and it very like very much a pure muay thai style too like uh like knees in the clinch and just elbowing the shit out of people so so yeah yeah she's cool and she is and she, she is a very young 43 years old right now dude she looks I'm, amazing <laughs> she's, she's she a, yeah she's an inspiration were you saying yeah up? she didn't crack. I was gonna- PC, do you have a favorite female Muay Thai fighter? I don't know many Muay Thai fighters at all. I can't say I have a favorite Muay Thai fighter at all. It's just terrible. I'm a oh, I'm a oh, big Angela. fan of. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Right PC, look at oh yeah yeah Angela Angela's mine. Ah nice thanks man that's awesome no problem. I'm what you doing? Yeah, am I? You're my favorite lady. Sure. <laughs> my favorite Irish female Muay Thai fighter. There you go. He's so flexible. When I start those knuckle press ups, he just won't yeah. know me. My, my most favorite flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Muay Thai fighter. I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Sylvie Von Douglas. She's 100 pounds. I think she has 280 professional fights. Her goal is to have 470 fights okay. because that's the record. That's the record. Yeah, she's not the best, but um, I like sucks. her. I like her blog. I like her blog. I fought her twice. Yeah. Whoa! And uh, she's a little smaller than me, but um, she was—I forget how many fights she had, but she was like one in nine yeah. in the U.S. And then she went to uh, Thailand, and now I think she's like maybe fifty and fifty with her fights. Um, but I. I I went to Thailand when I was an amateur and I fought a couple of times and it, it just, I really didn't like it um, because the girls that you fight when you're my size, they're kids and, yeah. um, and they're trying to, uh, they're trying to make money for the family. So it really kind of put a weird taste in my mouth doing that, especially once I realized and, uh, and for her to do that, uh, I guess it doesn't matter. Like they're they're all fighters; they're all getting in there to, you know, get get money and and stuff. But I just feel like it's like one of those weird kind of 
obsessions. Mm-hmm. Like why why fight out there uh, four hundred times? Why don't you fight people you know and and on the West who like are actually like I don't know uh, your size with the same muscle density as you and I don't know. <laughs> coming from the same background like why do you have to go beat up Thai girls so uh, so yeah I've always been kind of weirded out by that but a lot of people do it I, I don't I don't knock her for doing it it's just um yeah always strange to me did you get flashbacks when you <laughs> did you get flashbacks when you fought and it was, was it two fights ago uh, I forgot her name Loma Loma yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, she she actually fought Loma, I think, three times, and Loma mm-hmm. beat her three times. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, yeah, Loma's fucking dope. Like, uh, I was actually a little sad when I got the matchup. Me too. Like, I, don't, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't want y'all to fight. Yeah, be friends. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I want to be friends. <laughs> yeah. But the cool thing is because, like, we, we had no relationship, we don't know each mm-hmm. other, uh, afterwards it's easier to build that relationship. So, like, after the fight, I was like, yo, if you want to come out here and train, you're more welcome to and then and like she's like yeah same for you so so i thought that was cool yay. and i think it's uh it's good to yay friends <laughs> 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 like and it's good it's good for me to have a uh, good sparring partner so so if i have someone who can make me work in the striking department um as well as people who can make me work in the grappling and she was she was decent like she got me down like she she she's definitely on her way to doing something uh i think it might be hard for her when she gets those bigger girls like like i made loma look small and then like gadelia made me look like an ant so like i think she might have a little trouble when she gets those bigger girls um but uh but yeah, I, I think I think she'll be all right. Like uh, she's a cool chick, and she's she's a scrapper. Like all all those Thai girls are. They all like you know, been through it all. Been mm-hmm. through the meat grinders. So yeah, they're dope. Cool. Um, my favorite Muay Thai fighter. Whooped your favorite Muay Thai fighter, Jose. Just just for the yeah. record. Uh, Twice. That's what you get for shutting down my appeal, bitch. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. This is my last question. It's actually gonna be for Pizzi. Oh, hey. So, uh, is this Pizzi's swan song? Hashtag the A-side won't be the same. Cameo appearances going forward would be appreciated. In fact, what Crystals has he got recently is the man in the – if the man's in the job market, he needs to stock up like pronto. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, this isn't my swan song as far no. as I know, right? No, I think I've got no, 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 Friday, no. Wednesday and Friday, right? Yeah. So we've got three left after this. So yeah, we'll, calm down, everyone. I'll stre- we'll, um, we'll stretch out the calendar too. We'll, we'll add some. But we'll, we got like May 42nd. You know, we'll, we'll just keep stretching May until <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> yeah. I haven't got any crystals. In fact, the only crystals I have are from Jessica. So, I mean, she's giving me all my crystals. She's the crystal queen. Mm-hmm. So um, please send more. Uh, we need more. <laughs> Team Crystal was one and one this past week. Jairzinho started off. Not on the best of note, but then Brian Kelleher brought us to a 500 record. Yeah, Brian, Brian nailed it. So, uh, yeah, Andrew, yeah. Andrew's I, a little lost right now with the whole crystal talk. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we have <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Started, <laughs> this, this started with uh, Jared. We became fascinated with Jared Cannonier's love of crystal, specifically pyrite. Um, ah. And to the point where we talked about it once and it Ooh. took on a life of its own. Is that uh, pyrite? That's pyrite right there. To the point oh, where man. you can feel it. He would be into that. <laughs> people are uh, people have mailed us crystals. 
Uh, and we gave one to Brian Kelleher, who is who is into the uh, the crystal healing, and he asked for one from us uh, after his official wanes in January 246, and we gave him Tiger's Eye. Uh, from a fan, and they gave us a description of what Tiger's Eye does, and it's supposed to bring monetary good fortune. Uh, right. Two hours later, uh, if you remember, two forty-six is the that was the card Claudia and uh, um, Alexa Grasso was was uh, scratched because Grasso missed weight. Uh, two hours later, Kelleher went from the uh, prelims, uh, like one of the first two fight, one of one of the first two fights on the prelims to the main card of a Conor McGregor pay-per-view and then oh. gets the win and gets wins and gets the performance bonus. Dang. So then right. If you watch the ceremony of Wayans, he's like holding his crystal up and like waving at me and Pizzi. Wow. And then what, and then this most recent one, he messaged me, someone got him a crystal and coincidentally enough, it was tiger's eye. He, they didn't even ask him what he wanted. They just gave him a random crystal turn out to be tiger's eye. Gets another perform, gets another knockout win, and a nice. and a fight of the night bonus, and yeah. Mike Sean O'Malley. So, do you I'm know what I, what it made me think? This whole thing. What type of fucking crystals does Francis Ngannou have? <laughs> Holy shit! Guys, he has them in his wraps. <laughs> they must be. <laughs> it's legal. Yeah. I'm not saying flag on the play. Those are 100% the crystals. Wait, do we actually answer? Did PT actually answer the question? What was the question? I don't. It was not my swan. Was there a question? It says what it's kind? It's not of- my swan song. We have what? three left as far as you I know, know. Yeah, we what? got we got we got a lot more PT, so we'll save those answers. But the very last question we got where? Do, oh, we got it right here. Hold on, I got. I'm gonna drop it in. I think mm-hmm. this, I think this is a very important question. <laughs> no, that's a gun. Yeah, that's how you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I, keep, ah, I keep pressing the wrong button. Come on, Casey. <laughs> it's time. Oh, no, here it goes. Do, 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 do. That's this. All right. Oh, so small. <laughs> Question yeah, for see. Overkill. The homie in the gym swears his froze gives him added protection. Is it true for you, or is he utilizing psychological tactics? It's so true. It's so true. All right. So <laughs> when when the girls cornrow their hair, it's I, I think it's a really bad idea because they they get their hair done super tight, so it stays in during the fight. Now when your skin is tight, it's being pulled apart. It's like taut. So, like, a lot of times you'll see people getting cuts in their braids or cuts in their hair from, like, elbows or even from hitting the cage. And I feel like before I started doing MMA, I thought the cage wall was a lot more soft than it actually is. (laughs) But that cage wall fucking hurts. Like, run your head into a fence. That's what running your head into a cage wall feels like. So when someone's grinding you up against the fence and you're like trying to move your hips and get away, like just even the wall, just being up against your head can like bruise it. So my Afro is like actually a little bigger than it is when I fight, but like when it's like nice and dense, nice and condensed and tight, then it's kind of like a little helmet. So <laughs> so I like fighting with that because I feel like I could take, like, I think uh, I think uh, somebody was saying that, oh, well, Gadelia landed an elbow in the last round, but it literally, like, bounced off of my hair. Like, 
<laughs> like she hit the top of my head and I was like, ha ha ha, bitch. <laughs> it did nothing. <laughs> but uh, but so, yeah, I, it's definitely protection. <laughs> that's cool. So spongy. <laughs> it is spongy. Yes, it is. For visiting, I thought that, you know, I, I wasn't mad that he said that, but I was pissed he was talking about that girl's leg kick. I'm like, that leg kick did nothing. Talk about my hair more. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but the business is cool with me. But yeah, it, it was definitely a little spongy and it absorbs uh, a bit of the brunt force. <laughs> uh, is that it for questions, so, Casey? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying, I was trying, I want, I wanted to pull up that video. I, did you see that video I made of you, Angela? Just, just your fro shaking when you're, when you're hitting Yes, back? I love that video. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a big accomplishment for me, like to hit so hard that my hair moves. Like that's like a big deal. <laughs> Wait, where is it? You guys don't know the struggle. Well, Angela, as the guest of honor, uh, the floor is yours to say whatever you want to the fans or listeners before we all sign off. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, thanks for supporting me. Thank you all for being so vocal about uh, this last fight. It, it means the world to me. It makes me feel like people are seeing me for the fighter I am. So thank you to all my fans, new and old. Thank you to my coaches, my uh, Alliance crew. Uh, yeah, I really don't have anything. Hey, any girls want to come train? Holla at Alliance. Holla at me. Any girls want to fight? Holla at Mick. Uh, let's get this thing going. I'm trying to get back in there, get another win, get this loss behind me. Um, and uh, and thanks to you guys for having me. Thanks, uh, thanks Casey and Esther for the awesome video uh, come leading up to my fight. And uh, yeah, thank you, Dana, for the opportunity to fight and entertain people. Thanks, Trump. <laughs> thanks, everyone. I love everyone. Except for the judges. <laughs> Fuck the judges. <laughs> thank, thank you, everyone else. <laughs> Pizza, anything you want to say before we sign off? Happy birthday, Guilherme. I love you. You're the best hey, Brazilian yeah. in the world. Happy birthday, no. Guilherme. But with that, man. that's... That's Pizzi, that's Angela, that's Casey. I think we'll be back Friday. I don't know. I'll find out and I'll tweet about it. But if not, we'll see you next week. Uh, but until then, we're out. I'm getting messages about how cool your parents are while we're doing this, Angela. <laughs> oh, yeah? You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Right now, businesses are facing tough choices. Do you cut costs or drive growth? Solve for today or build for tomorrow? Do you satisfy your shareholders or satisfy your customers? The answer is yes. You don't have to choose. With the intelligent platform for digital business from ServiceNow, you can say yes to unifying your existing systems and yes to accelerating growth. Visit servicenow.com to see how we can help you put yes to work. The world works with ServiceNow.